Happy birthday, EFG. Happy birthday, EFG. Happy birthday, Engagement Family Gaming. Happy birthday to you. Hello everyone, this is Steven Dutzman. I am the Editor-in-Chief of EngagedFamilyGaming.com and I'm here at E3 2018 to tell you all about my game of the show and that is Starlink Battle for Atlas. This game caught me by surprise. I didn't see it coming. I knew it was announced last year, but listen, I played a Toys to Life game in 2018 and I was okay with it. First off, the toys are way cooler than I thought they would be. They're light, they balance on the controller, and it's not a concern. I didn't feel like I was lugging heavy stuff. Second, it's the best Star Fox game I've played in a very long time. Anyone who wants to at me about that, go ahead and we'll talk about it later. The controls were tight, the monsters were huge, I loved shooting them. Um, this is a game I'm gonna enjoy playing with my kids this fall when it comes out. Um, we don't have a lot of details about it yet, but we do know Star Fox is in it for the Switch. We're gonna talk all the details about it in, on a podcast in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned there, but until next time, get your family game on. We'll see you soon, guys. Hey everybody, it's Drew Habersang with EngageFamilyGaming.com and uh, let's just get right into it. My pick of the game is The Division 2. Now, I know it's not necessarily a family game, so most of us won't be able to do that, but I was so impressed by the game, I absolutely had to pick it. If you play The Division 1, all the things you like are there. The high-level, four-player, cooperative gunplay is there. The beautiful, the, the beautiful visuals and all that are there. But on top of that, they've added a couple of innovative things in the Division 2 that just have me uh, sweating. Sweating, I'm sweating. Uh, one, uh, eight-man raids are coming to the Division 2. Eight-man raids. I wanted to save that one, but I'm, I'm so utterly pumped about it. I can't wait to see how that plays out. Um, Vonis has never been in a raid that big. They, it, so they have all the things from the Division 1, but they're bringing in specializations. Now, initially when I played um, yesterday, I thought the specializations would work more like classes, but as it turns out, we just heard a presentation where they said you'd be able to switch back and forth between those. So you can level up all the specializations you want, so you're not locked in to one particular set of weapons or skills, which I think is incredible. Um, also, the game doesn't come out until March 15th, 2019, so that's a while to wait. However, you can go online right now and sign up for the beta. Um, and you get a lot of nice bonuses with that, so make sure you go on and check out Ubisoft. Sign up for the beta of this fantastic game. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Hi, everybody. This is John Roble with Engage Family Gaming. I'm here to present to you my game of the show, E3 2018, and it is Space Pirate Trainer. Did not expect it. It is Galaga with Star-Lord. Everybody will be Star-Lord in 2018. That is the best tagline I have heard all year. Space pistols for everyone. Again, not for little kids, but your teenagers will love it. Shields and space pistols. Thank you, everybody. Get your family game on. Hey, everybody. This is James Pisano from Engage Family Gaming, and my game of the show is Beat Saber. Beat Saber is, in short, a cultural revolution. Uh, if you remember Dance Dance Revolution, you're going to feel the same way you did the first time you played that when you play Beat Saber. It's PSVR, Oculus, and Vive. PSVR is coming soon, that's the version I played. And uh, it's a total body workout with awesome music, it's super engaging, and I haven't sweat so much in 
a year, maybe two. But uh, definitely have your teenage kids try it out. It's not for young ones. VR is not great for your eyes at that age. But for even you, for mom and dad, talk about a workout routine you could do at home in minutes. Feel great and have fun. Beat Saber, E328, my game of the show. Thanks. Hello everyone, this is Steven Dutzman. I am the editor-in-chief of EngagedFamilyGaming.com and I am here to talk about my impressions about E3 2018. So, man, we, we were there for three whole days. We survived. Um, I'm not sure everyone did, um, but uh, we, I wanted to come down and talk about what this year meant or how I felt about it. Um, and really, the way I'm going to do that is in two parts. First, um, E3 is an event now. Historically, it was just like a cultural touchstone. It was the way that the video game industry itself kind of projected what it wanted the future to be onto the world. It told us what to get excited for and what was coming in the next two to three years. Um, and that used to be all it was. Uh, now it's an event. They've invited the public there. And now, you know, fans, thousands upon thousands of fans to send on LA to try and get a piece of that magic. So I want to talk about both of those because I think it's important. And I think my answer about how do I think it went, quote unquote, is different for each one. So first, let's talk about it as an event. As an event, E3 2018 was a disaster. Um, it was overpriced. Uh, fortunately, we were you know, given access by the ESA, thank you to them, but there were thousands upon thousands of fans who flew across the country to buy tickets and bought tickets and hotel tickets. If you bought last minute, a ticket was for this event was $250. That's almost $100 a day to go in. And there were overcrowding issues and booths were not ready to handle the amount of people. Um, the increase in virtual reality meant that there were some games that could only be played by a few dozen people a day, um, which when there's you know 30,000 people competing for it or more, how do you how, how do you really dole that out? Um, the, so the crowding was a huge problem. And you know the, the ESA, for whatever reason, has not decided to follow the example that is led by PAX and the company that runs that, or the company that runs Gamescom in, es in uh, it's not in Essen, that's uh, Essenspiel, it's Cologne, Germany, that's where um, Gamescom is. It, Gamescom, for example, um, they have 300,000 people descend on Cologne, Germany for a week. And that's in a couple of months. Um, they have been doing this successfully and having having um, business done there for years. And it's a mess and it's kind of a nightmare, but people just kind of deal with it and they enjoy it. Um, and yet we aren't learning from them. Um, you know, that's, that's frustrating. Um, I know there is an issue on some level of space. The issue is, one of the big issues is that the LA Convention Center is not the most efficiently designed place for a video game convention. Um, it's, divi it's divided up into two halls that have a roughly quarter mile hallway, maybe even longer between the two of them. Um, and that's 
you know that that can, that is draining uh, for folks that need to walk back and forth, um, and it discon it, it really disconnects the two halls to the point where it's almost like two different conventions, um, and that can be disappointing for fans. Um, and also, there's not a lot to do in between them. You know, this year the excitement on the concourse, quote unquote, like was that Drake's was throwing out snack cakes. Now, admittedly, I got a devil dog. And I really did enjoy my devil dog, but um, you know th- that was the excitement on the on those ways. There weren't cosplayers. There weren't you know there was nothing. I mean, there were zombies. There were a lot of zombies this year um, because there are a lot of zombie games coming out soon. But there were no like I don't know why they didn't have the zombies in the hallway. I think that would have at least made it kind of interesting if the hallway was like designed to be by the Walking Dead. And they made it just the Walking Dead hallway. I think that might have been neat, but like maybe they didn't. I, I don't know. Um, so I think that was an issue. Um, I think the other issue is outside of the E3 Coliseum, which is put on by Jeff Keighley, which I, I can't get mad at that. They ran events constantly, and they opened before the show floor opened most days. Um, but there was that was one panel going on at a time. Um, PAX has a huge array of panels happening constantly. Um, they could, if they chose, designate some of the rooms on the top floor that they rent out, and they could designate those as panel rooms. And they could absolutely have panels and talks and you know th- th- things like that to help fill some of the space. Um, they could have. Uh, this is LA. The fact that they did not have a single queue area for autograph signings just not a one no no autograph signings really really kind of bothered me like we're in LA how hard could it be to book some celebrities that are interested in video games um they're around or are in the video games so I thought that that was troubling now that's a minor thing right like the E3 as an event really only affects the people that go there and the vast majority of the people don't and won't um, because it's expensive and, um, you know, conventions are hard to get to um, for a number of reasons. Even people who live in Boston often don't go to PAX East. So um, so that's a small piece of it. I think it's, it's bigger importance is as a cultural touchstone for the gaming industry as a whole. And, and let's talk about that for a minute. So every year, June, I, I've been remembering it for as long as I... Maybe not as long as I can remember. That's crazy. But for my entire adult life, and even when I was a kid, um, I you know before the internet was a thing, I remember, oh man, it's the July issue of Nintendo Power. It's the July issue of Game Pro. That means the E3 stuff is in it. And I remember buying up those mag. I would buy every magazine in July, just so that I could read all the little impressions and get the little screenshots of all of this crazy convention. Um, that I never in my wildest dreams thought I would go see. Um, you know, because how was I going to get to L.A. to go to a convention like this? Um, and I remember it, 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 the, the whole world shuts down to hear about it. Um, you know, th- th- this is where they talk about it on the Today Show. They don't talk, I mean, they don't talk about video games on the Today Show, except for E3. Um, you know, USA Today sent a journalist. Like, I saw a, a journalist today from like the USA Today and like that's crazy right but they do it um 
and because that's how important E3 has been. Um, and so they use that energy and that attention to kind of project what they want people to think. Um, and I think they they did some good things this year. They did a great job of telling us what games we're going to be playing, and they got us they got people excited about the future of games. Um, we're entering the end of the life cycle for a lot of uh, for the two primary consoles, you know, PS4, Xbox One. They're entering the end of their life cycles. I'm not saying they're going to be replaced in the next couple of years. That's not what I mean. But they have reached their peaks. And so now we are moving in the downswing of, you know, where we're getting ready for another one. Um, this is where we're going to start seeing the best stuff. And I think that at least Sony did a very good job of showing us what their best stuff is going to be. Um, you know, and I was impressed. Microsoft, to counter against Sony, right? People thought they were going to sell the entire Xbox division. And I thought, it, I'll admit, I'm willing to entertain just about any possibility in business because I don't know everything. And I think some things are possible. But Phil Spencer got on that stage and announced five new first-party Microsoft Studios. One that they are building from the ground up. Four that they purchased. And I've never seen anything like that before. And that right there showed me that not only is it was was it not likely that they were going to do that, but it, that it, that it was kind of preposterous for me to entertain that possibility. Microsoft believes in the Xbox brand, even if they're a little bit behind uh, with Sony right now. A little bit is probably not strong enough. The PS4 is outselling the Xbox One three to one at this point. But um, they still believe in the power of their brand, especially long term. And they're clearly playing the long game. They just bought five new, they, they have five new studios. Now, I know a lot of the folks listening to this probably won't, you know, they probably don't have some of the background. So just to share it, Sony has a huge pile of strong first party studios that they can depend on to create quality games. Sucker Punch. Um, Sony Bend, Sony Santa Monica, the people that just released New God of War, um, and then they have uh, you know they have Sony San Diego, which is responsible for uh, the show, and it just keeps going. Um, and because of that, they're able to regularly produce strong first-party games that are only theirs. Um, Microsoft, in the last handful of years, has been selling studios, closing studios, canceling games, um, being very conservative. And um, as a result, they've just been depending on other companies to make their games for them, which has not done a great job of helping them sell their own boxes. This changes things um, and gives them and puts them not on even footing but only, but, but the only reason I say that is we don't know what work these guys are going to do. You know, um, one of the studios that is just forming now and is going to make a first-party game for them, it's called The Initiative. We're not going to see a game from them for four or five years. To, to get more specific, I'm going to talk about, I'll, I'll talk about what the five new studios are because I think this point has more to do with the future of games than just about anything else that was announced. Everything else was that was announced is a new game right. um, or a new topic. Um, but this is changing the face of the Xbox brand. And three strong brands, Nintendo v doing very well, Sony doing very well, and Xbox doing very well, is great for gamers. 
Um, and so even if they're not making games for all of us, which they won't, um, I think it's still good for everyone. So the five studios are The Initiative, which is in Santa Monica, California. Um, it is being headed up by a man named Daryl Gallagher, who's the former studio head for Crystal Dynamics. He helped make the new Tomb Raider game. They are going to be making what they what was purported to be a quadruple A game. So they're just trying to make a 10 out of 10 perfect game. Um, we're not going to see anything from them for four or five years, but it's still very cool that they're building one from the ground up. The other four that they are buying, uh, it, one is Undead Labs, which is the Seattle-based team that made State of Decay and State of Decay 2. These are not family games. They are zombie games, but they are interesting. They are... Um, they, they defy expectations, uh, but they and they work very well. They have a very good relationship with Undead, or with... Um, <laughs> they have a very good relationship with Microsoft. Um... And so, and they're headed up by Jeff Strain, who is from Blizzard. Um, so you know he knows how to make good games. And with additional funding, which now they have, um, and the freedom to, to work, I think that we'll see some great stuff. Um, next is Playground Games, which is a UK-based team, which is great. They don't have a huge presence in the UK other than Rare. Um, means... That's the company that currently makes the Forza Horizon games. They're, they announced Forza Horizon 4, which, by the way, looks absolutely astonishingly beautiful. Um, they're going to make new stuff, um, and they are bringing their open-world experience or expertise. Let me just say that again. They're bringing their open-world expertise to an entirely new project. Folks, that means they're making a Fable game. Um, they're making a Fable game, so... That's great. Uh, they bought Ninja Theory, uh, which is the company that just got done making Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. But they also made uh, DMC Devil May Cry and Enslaved Odyssey uh, Odyssey to the West. Um, yeah. No, they make a lot of really great narrative-driven action games. Um, so let's just... just let him, I, w I want to see an HD remaster of Enslaved and Odyssey to the West. Honestly, I would love to see a, um, a sequel because it was set up for one. Um, not a kid's game, but whatever. Um, and lastly, they bought Compulsion Games, which what's interesting about them is they've been working on a game called We Happy Few, which really feels very Bioshocky, but that game is coming out, which means they are purchased and now they're going to do other stuff. Um, so they're going to be able to turn their attention to other things. Ninja Theory... They're, they don't have, they obviously are working on stuff, but they just finished publishing a game. Playground Games just finished put, releasing a game. Undead Labs just finished putting out a game. So all of these studios that just got bought just finished or are finishing and are in the ramp down cycle of making games. That announcement of these five new studios, I think is going to change the face of gaming um, because a strong Microsoft changes things. So... Yeah, that's my opinion of E3. Um, that's the biggest piece of news. Um, it, other than my quiet piece of news is that they're putting Carcassonne on the Nintendo Switch. But we're going to talk about that another time. Um, but well, why not? I'll just do it right now. Carcassonne is a board game. It's on the Switch. If that sells a ton of copies, expect the Switch over the next couple of years to turn into a board game machine. Um, and that's going to be certainly relevant to my audience. So... Um, those are my thoughts on E3. Those are a lot of my thoughts on E3, but hey, why not? So um, until next time, uh, I hope you guys have a great day. And don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye.
We hope you guys have a great year in gaming. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now.